Hey, it's your friend Hillary and welcome to the Bounce Back Better podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration and empowerment. So are you ready to step outside of your comfort zone to challenge the norms and achieve extraordinary things? If you are, you're in the right place. Each week, I'll either unpack stories of other incredible women just like you who dare to dream big and turn those dreams into reality, or I'll have a topic that will leave you wanting to take action. I'm here to fuel your ambition, ignite your passion, and push you to reach the heights you never thought possible. So whether you're climbing the corporate ladder, nurturing a family, or chasing a personal dream, this podcast is your guide to getting you to achieve what it is you want in life. So grab your headphones, take a deep breath, and let's go, because we don't just dream it, we have to do it. It's time, ladies, to embrace your power and bounce back better together. Hello, and welcome to the Bounce Back Better podcast. Hey, great to be back. You might have noticed I took a week off. I had a bit of a bit of a hiccup in life, really. My dog, who almost made 17, I had to put her down, and it was just a, an incredibly difficult week for me. I have, for those of you who've got pets, you some of you know this feeling, but Bella had been with me pretty much every day because I've always been self-employed. So she's pretty much come to every hairdressing appointment and she comes to work with me every day. And she's just been such a huge part of my life. I said to my children, you know, you guys went to school at five and were gone for six or seven hours and, you know, went away to university and, and left my space and came back. But she's always been there. And so it's been such a big adjustment and it kind of broke my heart for a wee bit. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot more grieving time and I'm not getting a dog anytime soon, but keen to dog sit. So if you live anywhere near me and you need a sitter, I'll do that, but I'm not even ready for that for a while. So just working my way around how to live life as a dogless person for the first time in almost 17 years. It's pretty crazy. Anyway, today we're talking love languages. Oh my goodness, how cool are they and do you know about them? This is the work of Gary Chapman, and I was introduced to this uh, a long, long time ago. I'm thinking at least 15 years ago. I was given this book by an amazing woman, Debbie, who was a client of mine for well over 10 years. Every week I would work with her. We started off on the health and weight loss buzz, and I would go around to her house every Wednesday because she's an incredibly busy woman and an incredibly talented woman and amazing woman, achieving great things. And... I would go around and seriously, sometimes I wonder who was whose client? Was I hers or was she mine? I do not know. But Debbie taught me a lot and probably got me interested in things that I may not have been interested in. But she definitely introduced me to the five love languages and gave me a book, which I don't know whether that was on Lend or I was supposed to return it. What comes from there though is I've probably bought at least three more because I've loaned it to people who never give it back. And it's such a handy tool to have. So what the love languages are, if you are unaware of them, so love languages are the way we like to speak to each other, believe it or not, another way we speak to each other without realizing. And when you understand yours, and this is what I'm all about, when you, the more you understand you, the more you realize how different you are to others, and then you can improve your relationships by speaking to them in their love language. And it's not necessarily verbal. So there are five and I'm going to go through them all and I'll send you to a place that you can do the test. I found a free test online. It's really useful because when you understand you and then you understand that your partner or the people you work with or your children or anybody around you is different to you, you can interact 
with them in a way that's much more beneficial than you do now. And it's not manipulative, it's understanding what they need to feel like they're fully appreciated. So the first love language is words of affirmation. Now, what does words of affirmation mean? Well, words of affirmation is when we, it's not necessarily verbal, it can be in written text, but it's the way we express love and appreciation by affirming to people how much we appreciate them. So this is actually one of my love languages. It's probably my top. So we generally have two. We have a major and a minor. I think this is my number one. And it means that words hold an immense power to me. And when somebody gives me praise, it makes me feel like I'm appreciated by them. And you might think, well, that's me too. And most people are like that, but it's a driver for me. It's something that it really impacts me. So words impact me. So these verbal compliments and praises, like simple direct statements, things like, you know, I love you, you're an incredible partner, I'm so proud of your achievements, those things are important to me. And they really inspire confidence and I feel supported. And so if this is you, you'll be feeling the same way when your partner, even your kids, I'm pretty sure my son's pretty high in this one as well. He's a words of affirmation person, kind words, and it's also the tone that things are said. It's got to come from a place that's true, not just a throwaway comment. So you have to believe what the person is saying. And it can also come in the form of notes or text or letters. And ironically, if my partner goes away for the night, he'll write me a wee note and put it on my pillow or put it in a place that's not completely obvious, but he knows I'm going to find it while he's away, which is so lovely. But he understands that that is my love language. So, you know, how super, how super lucky am I that he remembers to do things like that? He might put a wee protein bar there and just say, I'll be thinking of you tonight. Thank you for everything you do. You're amazing. Something so small. But when you get that, it's like, oh, wow, you thought of me. And, and it makes you feel good. And you get that, that oxytocin hit. You have that rush through your body of, oh, wow. So we've really, for individuals like myself, whose primary love language is words of affirmation, hearing or reading expressions of love and appreciation is crucial to us because we feel valued by it and we feel appreciated or loved in the relationship. So I say appreciated. So that's coming from a work environment and you realize that somebody is a person who needs that, who is driven by words of affirmation, then how simple is it to say to that person, really appreciate what you do, you do an amazing job, I do that a lot and that is because that's the language that I need to hear. It's interesting, even as I'm saying this, I'm reflecting on the new office lady I've just had with, alongside me and she, Claire, good morning Claire, I know she listens and it's ironic that I have said that to her a lot, really appreciate you, you're doing a great job, you do so well because that's what I need to hear and it's possibly not her love language. So. I might have to send you this link and say, hey, you'll have to do this and let me know how you came, how, how it happened for you. But the other thing, it's more than just an overview. It needs to be genuine. It's got to be specific and it needs to be regular. It's not just a one, one a week thing. It needs to be, it needs to happen quite often to maintain a connection. And then you need to just pay attention to what matters most to your partner if that is there, if words of affirmation is one of their love languages. 
Because you need to understand that their love language, if you speak to them in their love language, speak to me in my love language, it will significantly enhance the quality of our relationship. So when I feel appreciated, it grows a bond between me and the person who wants to interact with me. And this could be you. It could grow that bond. And you think about your children, if that is one of their love languages, you know, don't you want them to feel like you appreciate and love them? And if you do, well, finding out that this might be one of theirs, there's your solution. Okay, so the next love language that, so with number one is words of affirmation. Number two, the second love language is acts of service. And this is quite funny to me because acts of service isn't really one of my love languages and it is obviously my partner's because he does many acts of service for me. He does things for me. I'll go to the car and he's filled it with petrol. That's an act of service. He'll do things for me. And to me, they don't necessarily, I don't get the bigger, a, a huge, oh, wow, he did that. It, it's not really something that impacts me as much as it would him. And so if that's you, if your partner or somebody in your world is doing things for you, then maybe that is because that's their love language. And again, I'm going to go back to my son. It's, that's his second love language. So little things for him like folding his washing or when he was living at home, he's a grown man now, but putting, doing little jobs for him, he'll be, oh, wow, mum, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you did that. And yet I do that for my daughter and it's like, okay, thanks, thanks, mum. It's different because it's not her number one language. So think of your partner, your children, could acts of service be one of the love languages? And it's, it really is things like just doing small tasks for people, the little things that really matter to them, doing things for them, doing the dishes, cooking them a meal, that sort of thing. They really feel like you are showing them that you love them. And when I think about my partner, because I'm the main cook in the house and it always feels bad. Look, can I help you? Because he feels like he needs to be doing it for me. And it really matters that you understand what your partner's love language is and what yours is. So do you want people to do things for you? Do you like that? Do you like it when somebody just does little tasks, fills the car with petrol, opens the door for you even? Just the even housework task, office, think of in the office, think of in your work, in your work environment. When somebody does something that's normally yours, do you feel like, wow, thank you so much for doing that? Because, it, and it's more than just routine chores, it's also things like planning a surprise day. If you plan a day and they haven't asked for it, that's showing that that's a creative way of having an act of service or completing an act of service. So how do you show somebody acts of service? You really need to make it personal. It's what is something that you do for your partner or for somebody in your life who is a huge act of service person and you get a response. They're like, oh, wow, thank you so much for that. And when you really get that or start noticing the impact that the acts of service can have on somebody and you start doing those wee acts of service, well, it will just change the relationship like you will not believe. So there you go. Acts of service is our second love language. Is that perhaps you? And it's not me, but I'm thinking it could be my partner because he often does acts of service for me. And it's definitely my son's number two. Now, number three is receiving gifts. 
And the easiest way to work out if you or somebody around you is a gift, I call them gifties. So number three is receiving gifts, is when it's near your birthday or something, they make a big effort with your present. So my daughter is, this is probably her number one, and it's little things like the gift wrapping is perfect. She's thought of the gift well ahead of time. It is important to her that you receive it on time. You don't post it to somebody and they open it without you seeing them open it. All of that stuff for her is incredibly important. So gift giving or gift receiving for her is so important. And it can be little things. It's not a materialistic thing. It's the effort that goes into gift giving. It's the thoughtfulness of it. And obviously cultural backgrounds will have influences on giving and receiving gifts, but we really should understand that this isn't a material thing, that this is something that they value incredibly. And so it can be a card, a thank you. She absolutely loves to receive flowers. So for me, receiving flowers, I've received a lot in the last week and it's been so nice um, for my dog passing away. I've received so many flowers. Somebody who is a gift receiver wants is even just a single flower. So I don't think her partner is going to be listening, but maybe I need to remind him. I think he's pretty good. I'm pretty sure he knows that, yeah, that gift giving is, uh, gift receiving is her love language. But if that's you or anyone around you, just remember, it doesn't have to be big. It is about the thought. It is the significance of the thought that matters to these people. Now, the next one is quality time. And interestingly enough, the first word in quality time, the fourth love language, is quality, which means it's not being with somebody and being on your phone. They would prefer short distance of time. If you're a quality time person, you prefer short distance where you have the undivided attention of the person you are with. So this is actually my second love language personally, and quality time to me is so important but it means you're with me. You're not just beside me. You're not talking at me. You're talking with me. It's a real interaction thing where it's you and I together with quality time and it's undivided attention. So it's the importance of engaging in meaningful activities. And when I think back in life, it's doing sports together. My partner and I go fishing together. It's doing things together. It's playing golf together. It's snowboarding together. It's It's doing things together that you both enjoy. It's that quality time. It can also be sitting on the couch together and not speaking, but being there together, not always. So mindless staring at television all the time might not tick it off, but if you don't spend a lot of time together or you're both exhausted, that might tick the box. So if you're somebody who loves to spend time with people, then maybe quality time is one of your love languages and you need to Really make way for it. And as I'm going through these and you're realizing who you are or who the people in your life are, make sure you have a discussion with the other person and let them know what your love language is because all they need to do is understand that it's quality time, if it is quality time, and let them know that, hey, so what this means for me is I just need to have, it could even be 15 minutes if you're busy people, 15 minutes where you and I sit down and have a coffee together or chat about something or walk around the block or just do something where it's the two of you. Ironically, my partner and I, if we've not spent, we work together, so we're together all day and we're in the same room. We spend a lot of time together and that's really, we both like it, so it's great. 
But if he goes off for the day somewhere else and he's driving home and it's like an over an hour's drive, we can talk to each other on the phone for that entire hour. So that's how much quality time is for us. It's kind of crazy. So spending time together is important for the both of us. But when, if you are busy or if quality time is your love language, you need to plan for it and make sure you do it. Do it Because what happens with the love languages, and this is what Debbie ex- uh, described to me when we first spoke about it all those years ago, it was that it's how we fill our cup. So our cup gets full when we feel loved. And so let's go to this love language number four, spending time together, quality time together. If you have that time, if somebody spends time with you, your love cup gets full. And when they stop spending time with you, it starts to empty. And you you don't feel a connection or the connection being as strong as it could be. So just be aware that when you speak in somebody's love language to them, you're filling their love cup and they feel good. Even as I'm saying that, I'm feeling my heart warm up. So they just get a warm feeling. Okay, we're on to the last one. And the last love language is physical touch. And that's the warmth of connection. Now, it's not just, we're not talking physical touch completely about going straight to the bedroom. It's really about a way of conveying love and creating a sense of security and belonging by touching somebody. There's a science to touch. So there's actually psychological and physiological benefits to touching people, as we know. And look what happened during COVID when we were allowed to touch people. It impacted so many people who don't have somebody to physically touch them or the minimal amount of people that could touch them were isolated from them or we had a mask on and we weren't allowed to touch people. So this would have really impacted a lot of people. So physical touch is like a comforting thing but it's not only showing love it's it's very comforting to the person who needs to feel like they love it's the brushing of the arm it's holding hands when you walk it's holding hands when you're sitting on the couch watching telly now we can't take this to the office where we walk in and hug everybody and remember there's that the safe appropriate zone to touch people which is between the shoulder and the elbow that's acceptable. You don't touch strangers in other places. It's actually unacceptable. But I do challenge if physical touch is your love language, you may be okay with somebody touching you somewhere else on your body, you know, on the back of your shoulder or something. For me personally, that is a no-go zone. Do not touch me if you if you're not in my circle. I'm just not a touchy person. And I'm not even sure of the reason for that. I'm wondering if it's because I'm from a large family and my mother spent the first year of her life in hospital and wasn't touched by her mother. So I don't think as children we were given a lot of hugs and maybe that's why. And saying that, did I do that to my kids? Because that's this is my daughter's other love language. So she's physical touch and gifts and it's important for her. So she loves a foot massage. She loves getting massaged. She does she loves to give give you a hug when she sees you. She's, you know, she's the sort of person that walks in with a bunch of flowers and gives you a hug. That just ticks every box for her. And is that you? Do you need that? Or are you like me and you've got some huge boundaries up and it's just a little bit awkward? I've only just gotten used to hugging. My friend Tracy and I, we'd see each other and because we're in different countries now, we'd sort of walk up to each other and go, oh, are we going to hug here? And we, we've both got the same thing going on. It was almost an awkward moment and now we address it up front. I think I do the same with my mother as well. 
So yes, physical touch is the other one. And there are many ways to do it. But like I said, on the couch, you know, just even near each other, our bodies touching, walking past, just a gentle rub on the shoulder, even a gentle so- a massage on somebody, somebody's shoulders, your partner's shoulders. So obviously you've got to be very careful with this one in a professional environment. But having an awareness is massive. So these are really practical tips, aren't they? So I'm going to go back through them, the five love languages. The first one, the words of affirmation, just praising people and appreciating them. Number two, acts of service. And that's just love in action, really. That's just those little, the little things that we do to express our love to somebody who needs to feel loved by acts of service. The next one, receiving gifts, not difficult. Next one, quality time, quality being the important word. And then the last one, physical touch. So when we master this, we master relationships. But like I said at the beginning, the number one thing that we need to understand is us. Because when we understand us, we can really, we can think, okay, there are five, there are five, and I can see myself here and here, and I can feel the importance for me. So that gives you an understanding that other people have an importance just like you, but they are likely to be different to you. And a way you can tell, one, you can take a simple test, but is to look at the things that they do for you. So the people in your life, what do they do for you? Like I said, my daughter's favorite thing is to walk in, give you a hug and a bunch of flowers. That says, please touch me. And I love gifts. My son's favorite things are, oh, mom, thanks so much for doing the washing. And he just gets an, a magic glow when you tell him how well he's doing. And my partners, like me, we spend all day together and we need to talk to each other. We hang out together all the time. The last few weekends we've been apart because we've been, I've gone out to do things during the day because of, of my life, things that have been happening. And we haven't been with each other. So his is time and his other one is it's acts of service. So his is time and acts of service. So look at the people in your world. And what are they? And what are you doing for them? So are you filling their cup with the language that you need? Because if that's happening, then they might not appreciate it. And you might think, hmm, they're so unappreciative. But maybe they're not. Maybe you're just not speaking to them in their language. And if you could just learn what their language is, whoa, how different will your interaction be? And how different will your relationships be? So, I hope you have found this useful. The Five Love Languages, the book by Gary Chapman. It's been around for many, many years, and I'm on copy number three or four at least because I've loaned it out so many times. Whoever's got my original, I hope you're listening. I have a feeling it could be Janine Gartner, actually. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying it. Find it useful. I hope you found this useful. And remember the usual story. So, yes, if you think somebody in your world might find this beneficial, then pass this on you can actually just share it by in the top hit share podcast and send it via text it's so easy and please send a text to somebody who you want to know you know what's ironic that I ask you on every podcast to send somebody a text why is that I've already told you because words of appreciation is one of my love languages so appreciate somebody in your life and maybe their love language is is words of affirmation do know though It doesn't mean that people don't appreciate, you know, it doesn't mean people don't love receiving gifts. It doesn't mean people don't love you spending time with them. It doesn't mean people don't love you touching them. It doesn't mean people don't love acts of service. What it does mean is that those things are very important to those people. 
And the more we do that for them, the more we speak to them, not that it's always about words, only one of them is about words, but the more we speak to them in their love language and fill their cup, the better and stronger your relationship will be with them. Anyway, send somebody a text or message or email and let them know how amazing they are. I think you're amazing. I appreciate you all so much. And I look forward to uh, chatting again next week. Bye. Bye.